One hot cup of tea later. <laughs> One sippy tippy copy cup later. Now we're on our second cup. Lights, camera, action. What about this weather, Diane? What about it? What about it? What I about like it? it. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. You mean, what is it doing right now? No. It's not doing much of anything. It's just hanging up there. Low ceiling. Gray. Lovely. Lovely. It makes everything in here look so cozy. It does. It makes us a little like a gingerbread house or something, you know? Well, I've no. always thought our house is an autumn house. An autumn house. I mean, yeah. it's... It's, it comes into its true glory in autumn. I see. Just like me. You come into your true glory in autumn? Yes. I think I do, too. I think autumn might be my best. So, take a look, Diane. This is as good as it gets. <laughs> From here on, this is Billy at the peak. Yep. The, um, the apogee. <laughs> From here on, it's fast track to the sub basement of hell. (laughs) (laughs) You got a few seasons to get through. All right, possibly, possibly. Here's to here's to another twenty falls or so. Not more than that, though. Thank you. You know, I'm aware of the mechanics, Diane, <laughs> the basic outline of the show. At <laughs> some point, I reach over here, I pick this up, and I say, It's 8.15 a.m. Saturday, October 21st, 2023. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane show. everybody <laughs> uh, it's nice it's been a it's been a another kind of restful week here in like abundance but it's been you know I'd say in, in some ways it's been productive is productive our main thing Bill no productive is not our main thing Sorry, I was using antiquated language there. Yes, yes. It was surprisingly productive. Uh, I still like being productive in certain areas, but the areas in which I am productive are uh, kind of uh, organic to me. And I don't mind still being productive in areas that are organic to me. Just as I'm sure you, deep down, are not upset if you feel like you've got you've had a productive week in the in the world of in my little realm in your realm a realm with which to which you claim mastery and own mastery and deserve mastery and like to play around it that's what i think i I, you know it's been a playful week how's that 
here in Lake Abundance. Yeah. Over to you for crying out loud. Oh my gosh. I know. I thought I would never stop talking. Dramatic pause. Well, I, I just was thinking about the, uh, because I always forget what we did the previous weekend. Uh, oh. Oh. Uh, but I do remember that we got, well, this week I was released from my surgeon to radiation therapy, um, having been the four-week mark, right. which is the magic week mark that you can start using your arm again and um and you don't have to have the restrictions of not putting it above 45 degree angles and stuff like that mm. and and so i i had a very um uh, interesting time at the radiation therapy uh clinic because they set up for a ct simulation of how they're going to do their the radiation because the crew themselves have to get all the measurements of how they're going to have you situated so that when you come in every day that they already are able to just set it up and get you in and get you out um, really fast so the first uh, simulation therapy uh, simulation is you're trying to get into a place where you're comfortable enough to hold and since i had not raised my arm until this time it was not the easiest thing um i have some what is called cording it's light though it's just this tension of probably adhesions in your uh, scar tissue and you're kind of fighting against it and you're and it's good to do it early. Right. Is the thing. You know, when I think about my like my appendix scar from when I was in seventh grade or eighth grade, that never really got worked worked on. Yeah. So the the cording kind of sets and you know if you don't stretch it it it's doesn't get stretchy. So it kinda t- turns into this tough spot. Well, and I'm really fortunate because my Pilates teacher is really good at uh, coming up with other exercises even beyond the ones that they gave in the instructions they they've given you a set of instructions but my um, just some exercises that will help stretch hmm. but my Pilates teacher not only watched me do it but also said I think that you're a little bit more advanced than some of these because for some people they've never done anything and they're probably just trying to figure out how to do these things. Um, but for you, let's do these things. And, and it really helped a yeah. lot. Yeah. So I'm already feeling more um, availability of, of range of motion than I did before. So Cool. But I do want to just mention that... Don't when, do it, Diane. When I came in to the uh, breast clinic and... The, the nurse who takes us in, her name is Grace. When she saw it was me, she said, Diane. And then when she saw it was me, she just enfolded me in this big hug. Yeah. And I just was thinking, this is the most amazing place, you know? I just feel so welcome and 
tended to, and I just have felt so fortunate to be a part of this system that is involved. Mm -hmm. I have another, or actually we have another friend who's going through cancer treatment and is also now going, the friend lives in Tacoma, and she's now going to the Hutch uh, at Lake Union. And apparently they are having the same experience with the the doctors and nurses there. So it makes such a huge difference in how things are going for you. Right. To feel tended to emotionally as well as physically. Which is the thing, I think, that... uh, that uh, our naturopath has kind of given us, and we've kind of gotten used to that yeah. as a mode of healing because being in the presence of the person is a healing experience. That's right. So it's That's like right. they take every aspect of the interaction and incorporate it into the healing process, and it just makes everything uh, better. You know, you get better quicker, and you want to get better, and it's like, wait. I get to participate in this, you know. I have a part to play, you know, whatever. But I just, I'm still in sort of a state of wonderment over what medicine is able to do to uh, counteract these once deadly diseases. Right. And uh feel so fortunate that, uh, that I remained at a, a stage one, that I was able to get all this treatment so quickly and so expertly and that now I'm on to the next stage. So now that they did the CT simulation, they spend two weeks getting, um, because they need to create the treatment plan and they take two weeks to do that. And so fortunately, we'll be able to go to our precious the push strip yeah. without interfering with my treatment because this would be a period of nothing for yeah. a little while anyway. Right. So then the other thing that we did this week on along our health lines was we got our COVID shots. Yeah. And that really made me feel a lot more confident too because I didn't want to get it while I was still in a biggest part of the healing phase. Um, but it turned out to be pretty... Pretty minor. We're going minor. back for our yeah. RSV shots on Monday. Yeah. So then we'll be vaccinated for our age group and ready to travel out a little bit. But after we got the COVID shot, we went out to lunch with Cindy. Yeah. Cindy Clark. Cindy Clark. Cindy Gackstatter Clark, yeah. who is the the person who had originally given me the folk rock tape, the, the famous folk rock tape. And she had remembered, I, I spoke about this last week, she oh, had yeah. remembered another song on that tape, and she brought in the CD that she purchased so that we could uh, have that song, and we we're going to use it for today. Wow. That, uh, I don't know, that, that tape made a huge change in my life to go through um, the rest of my life. I just constantly marvel at that mm-hmm. it's always wonderful to see cindy it was uh both of us have our birthdays in october so it was a a kind of little celebration of our birthdays 
And unfortunately, the the Edmonds Waterfront Center's potlatch potlatch bistro was unable to to make it um, <laughs> commercially. So now they have uh, a quite nice little selection at the little uh, coffee stand there. At the coffee stand there, yeah. and we had a marvelous quiche. Um, yes. They were small, but uh, but very tasty. And they had all sorts of things that I thought, oh, that looks really good. So, um, so you still can eat in the banquet room and look out over the water and still. Or you could just go hang out in the banquet room. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I mean, why not? Exactly. Are they going to kick you out if you're not doing something? I don't think so. Yeah, and that's a beautiful view. Yeah, so. It's the best view on the waterfront, I think, except for outside. Yeah. If you want to be indoors. And then the same day, Karen and Gilles came over. Karen to and Gilles were in town. They were passing through from Okanagan on their way to Paris uh, to visit their new grandchild and uh, visit with the rest of their family over there. They, it amazes me the way they have settled back in Okanagan. I, it, when, when Karen left for Paris... And we all kind of knew she probably would never be back, especially after she met Gilles. Um, I never thought she'd come back to Okanagan. Okanagan is kind of, I mean, if you if you looked at the town of Okanagan and then you look at the city of Paris, you just don't, <laughs> you don't see how once, you know, once you've had Paris, how could you go back to Okanagan but that's exactly what they've done, and they are killing it in Okanagan County. Did you, you know? think she would even come back to the United no, States? No, I did not. I did not, especially after she had kids and stuff like that. And, and uh, so the, everything in Paris is so familial and, and kind of uh, culturally communal, you know, way more so than in the U.S. And so it's just the extended family, it's, it's all one big soup and it's that's the lifestyle, and then you, uh, I could see her falling into that yeah. in a big way because it suited her, you know. She had a very cosmopolitan nature even in college, even though she was from Okanagan. She'd only been in Okanagan uh, during her high school years before they moved up from the Bay Area, and uh, I think they lived in Berkeley before that. So, you know, she was, you know, a cosmo type gal. Anyway, but now they're back and they brought all that cosmopolitan knowledge and know-how and dedication to their music back to Okanagan County. And they've got, they play so duo shows and they play in a couple of different bands and they're just playing music all the time. You know? Karen's a lot more of a musician than I ever was. You know, I never really was into playing music for music's sake. I was into playing music for songwriters, for songwriting's sake, and performing's sake. So, different kind of nature, and I think I knew it in college because she always wanted to do way more than I wanted to do. Well, I think that everybody is rather in awe of the, uh, the niche that you cut out for yourself. Oh, yeah? In songwriting. I do. Okay. I think they are. Well, that's nice. That's nice. I appreciate that. I know I am. Yeah. Well. 
other than that, this week uh, we discovered uh, an old series, um, uh-huh. uh, Northern Exposure, that is now available, and I had never watched it when it came out. I, was, I think it was when that the early nineties. The early nineties, yeah. yeah. I was having children. And for me, I didn't have a television. I, in fact, uh, I mean, a television connection. Um, when I was, uh, after I'd gotten a divorce, I didn't have, I was on my own, didn't have that much money to start. And I was uh, unable to pay for a television connection. Yeah. I mean, out of all the things that I could give up, I thought, oh, that I could give up. So I didn't have television for about, four, uh, television at all for about four months. And my parents just couldn't stand it that I didn't have television. They, it was almost you like... You had like a, DV, or a uh, VHS player? No, I, oh. oh, maybe I had a VHS player at yeah. the time, but... But during that time, I actually wasn't watching very much. Um, I was, I remember I was swimming a lot uh, and doing stuff with friends and stuff like that. And I was not missing television, but my parents were so bothered by it that they said, well, we'll pay for, you know, we'll pay for the connection. So they did a, a, I, I, I accepted it because at the time I thought it was just a monetary situation but then i got the hookup for like one day started watching television again and literally felt like (laughs) it was attacking me right (laughs) i mean well no the vortex yeah Yeah. i i just felt uh like it was hard on my eyes or something and because i'd been away from it long enough that i just I didn't like the the way that television was moving during that time. But a lot of it had to do with the commercials and all that. So I haven't had a television connection since that time. I called my parents up, said, thank you so much for this gift, but I'm not going to take advantage of it. And um, went back to not having a television connection. And then I, since that time, have only, you know, watched tapes and then see uh, DVDs and then streaming and I really find that when you're able to choose your own style of what you want to watch I think that that's one of the reasons why we like a lot of the British series they're paced at a different Mm -hmm. um, pace but um but I'd heard a lot about Northern Exposure, and I knew that it was filmed in Washington. In Roslyn. In Roslyn, Washington. Even though it's supposed to be about uh, Alaska. Alaska. And I have just thoroughly enjoyed this this uh, <laughs> series because it's sort of a... It has a lot of magic realism, I think. And I like that and yeah. it's got quirky characters and it's been fun yeah. and i and it's learned, from the same period of time that we were yeah. talking about the early 90s i had a wonderful conversation with my friend kathy and i told her that um that northern exposure was on our <laughs> list of things that we're watching right now and she said that's one of my favorite series 
It's amazing how many things Kathy and I hold in common. <laughs> because she loves the same books that I love. And she actually read the David Lodge book, Therapy, that I mentioned. Um, so, anyway. <sighs> Interesting so. life. Interesting life. Interesting life. But one of the things that we were talking about, and it brought to mind something else that I had been thinking about earlier that I had planned to talk to you about too, which was I uh, I had seen uh, something about a castle in Scotland that the same family had lived there for uh, centuries and that they, it was talking about the, the castle and, and uh, had all sorts of pictures of the family throughout the years um, in all these different generations. And at the time I was thinking that would be so different than anything that I've experienced, that your family had been in a place for centuries and that you grew up in this place that you knew you were going to inherit and that you really couldn't change much about it because they were showing the pictures and you could see that they had the same antlers on the wall or the the various uh, tapestries or whatever. Right that they kept the same thing. And I was thinking that would be such a different existence than the way that I grew up. Where if you think about how well you would know the the land, you know, uh, how how intimate you would be with the nature of the place. That's kind of like a, a lot of what people talk about us not, not no longer having that connection to the land. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that's that system is an outgrowth of an earlier kind of tribal, territorial, uh, you know, like nation-state kind of idea. You know, but when you think about it, the only people who could have done that were very rich people back right. then um, and now uh, that they. Uh, but I mean. Rich people become rich people by, you know, they buy a couple of cows, you know, and then they raise the the offspring of the cows and they, you know, they build a herd of cows over generations and that's how they establish their wealth. Maybe. It seems like a lot of people also just were more aggressive. <laughs> but I mean, there wasn't that much business going on, you know. There wasn't even that much in the way of uh, physical currency. It was more of a barter. So, but you could become wealthy if you could barter well and. And if you had good luck. Yeah, sure, good luck. So if it's just, it's there's a lot. I, I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. It seems like it's a lot less of a of a uh, yeah, inhumane system. Well, There's more know. to do with weather, and it's all, you know, the the uh, grace of nature plays a part in it. So it's, I don't know. Well, I just, I, I was kind of marveling at that whole idea of 
just having been in a place that you would inherit and that you would never be away from it. And then I saw another similar uh, castle being uh, explored in Germany, the same kind of thing. And they were talking to the the now occupant who has been there for generations. And I mean, his family's been there for generations. And some of the things that used to exist that the the interviewers thought would still exist, like that he would be wealthy and have people tending to him and all that. He was saying, no, I, I cook my own meals. I do all my own things. And if it weren't for all the tourists that come through and, you know, they have guest rooms for the tourists, he said we would not be able to keep this castle. And that so they, was... So they existed outside the capitalist system, right? And since the capitalist system has come into prominence, they are less and less able to maintain their quote-unquote wealth. You know, their wealth was in the land. Their wealth right. was in what the land could could produce and you know stuff like that anyway it's just but it was a fascinating thing to to just ponder because how much your own point of view is affected by how you grew up and and the reason why this came more into my mind this week was that uh when when karen and gilles came over and you've known karen since college days and right. you also still are in in uh, communication with you know a lot of your dear friends from college and and I was talking to my brother about this I was saying man it's so interesting because I don't know there was just because our family moved so much when I was young or when we were young I was talking to him but I have I it's sort of like I keep just a few gems from each period and then I've let the rest fall away yeah. and um, and it would be so different if you were from the same you know that you lived in the the same area for the whole time of your youth and that you, then you went to college and you know you were still returning to the area that you lived in in your youth mm-hmm. uh, because we never had that and um, and my brother and I were both uh, aware that both of us took that pattern, that we kept a few gems from each period of our life. But, uh, and I think it's because we were moving and you couldn't keep in contact with everybody. So, uh, I mean, back then it was expensive to call right. and you would just be writing at the beginning, but then you kind of get tired of keeping up through that means. So, and I find it so interesting because my my friendships uh, really developed when I was involved with Victory Music. And they've stayed with me, but I've stayed in this area. So that's, uh, you know, you, you develop a, a group of people surrounding you, but if you're leaving and going someplace else... Uh, it's harder for people to get in contact with you. So this is the first time in my life that I've had that kind of situation. But the other thing is that I I find it really interesting that, for example, with Cindy, mm-hmm. that she had such a profound effect on my life 
during the time that I worked at the law firm, but I did not keep up with her at the beginning. But then uh, through this method of having some place to look for her on Facebook, I was able to reestablish that friendship and have it start the same way as it always was with no, no fuss, no muss, so to speak. You know, it just instantly went back into that friendship. But I had really thought about that uh, in lines with all of that, that the, the castle with families going back generations mm-hmm. and the fact that my family has been migratory for ever since my grandparents immigrated to the United States and never went back to their their hometowns and never really, I think they wrote to their parents, but they didn't write to all their siblings or it's uh, it was very interesting to me to to ponder upon those things yes that is an interesting area of which to ponder on which to ponder i just feel like there are things about the way that we are that have a lot to do with the myriad of influences that were in our lives from the time that we were little kids so there was no expectation for example that I was going to be staying in that house that I grew up in. My parents knew that they would be transferred. So there was always the expectation of, yeah, we're not going to be here long. (laughs) Um, And I never thought about how much that influenced my life uh, in quite that pinpointed way. But I, you know, the fact that for example, in my family household, my parents always were worried about the way that the house looked, not only just, you know, to have a need for a company, but they always felt like we might have to sell this place at any given time. And when we find out, we're not going to have much time. So we don't want things to get in too much disarray because it's going to be difficult to to sell the house, you know. Yeah. That was, uh, uh, when you think about it, as yeah, an when adult. I, when I think about it, about growing up the way you did, as compared to the growing up the way I did, I wouldn't want your way. Well, I don't think that either Gary or I wanted, or any of us wanted yeah. that way, yeah. but, uh, but that was what was happening. That was the way it was. And I think that the thing that, uh, I think in retrospect, I was thinking, wow, that that did some good for the way that I am as a as an adult uh, because I'm a lot more able to deal with change than some people are. Mm-hmm. I definitely noticed that at work that people had a lot more trauma about change than I did because for me, I felt like, yeah, well, it's going to change. Everything changes all the time. you know. <laughs> but when you've experienced it constantly... As a child, you kind of grow up with that knowledge yeah. that you're going to have to do that. And because I was not thrilled about it when I was a kid. I mean, especially because it was so difficult. Uh, I was a shy kid. And it probably made me more extroverted, too, right. uh, when I think about it. But I was a shy kid and having to move into new schools and be the the odd person out and especially because sometimes we would move in the middle of a year, mm-hmm. so it wouldn't even be in September, you know. Mm-hmm. 
and everybody had established their friendships and I was kind of see ya yeah <laughs> but I Gary and I were also talking about how it it kind of affected our lives as far as the ability and um, I I do think it's practiced ability to be by yourself uh, that you the both of us are quite at ease with our own company yeah. and that we don't have problems coming up with things to do or uh, and then for us it was sort of like our family was the home base the the core of our social engagement so Gary and I were best friends my parents and uh, we were all really close and I sometimes thought that we were closer than some families because we were this this tribal group that was moving from you know place to place and that we always had each other even if we didn't have anybody else for a while but it also I think affected the way that my parents uh, had friendships that they they usually had almost in every circumstance they had two family groups in the neighborhood that they were close to but they didn't get close to lots and lots of people and so it's just interesting to me the whole the whole thing is very interesting to me the whole thing the whole thing it's like your life has all these strands that influenced you and you don't even sometimes recognize that until you take a look at the way that other people have existed and then you think wow that would be so different than what I experienced. And believe me, I would have liked to have stayed in one area. Well, now you get to. I know. Yeah. This this place, I've lived in this place longer than I've lived anywhere. Right. So it's not a bad not a bad place to hang out. I've been exploring the world of poetry, Diane, much the same way that you've been exploring the world. And uh, I've been watching documentaries about poets that I've never exposed myself to. You know, guys like Charles Olson and Robert Duncan and Robert, or, uh, yeah, Robert Dorn and, uh, you know, people like that. And that's, that's an interesting thing to find, to hear the bits and pieces that make sense to me and the bits that don't and just kind of, look at the person and hear about their background and where they came from and how they got to be the person that they are and write the kinds of things that they write. So it's the same kind of exploration, but centered on on use of language. Well, I've actually really enjoyed this period of time for this, that the fact that I have had to recuperate and can't just be running around that much yeah has uh really been an interesting time for the fact that i have just allowed my mind to do the explorations in a lot of ways i cannot say that i have minded this time i can say that i have minded this time well it's because you can't walk right Walking is the only thing that's really missing from my life, but it's a, it was a pretty major thing, and 
I want it back. Even if it's slower and more deliberate. And especially because the day being late October. Yeah. It's like the, I'm, missing, I'm missing all the color. I mean, I've got it out my window. Oh, but we have not missed the color when we're driving around. Oh, yeah. And, and that is a wonderful dovetail into the music for today. Because, as I mentioned, Cindy... Um, well, let me talk some more. Okay. I miss the smells oh, of yeah. walking. The different smells that you walk through. And the different areas where it's warmer and cooler and where it's windy and not windy. And, you know, things. these are the things about walking that I miss. And the way my body feels because I do a lot of work now to try and keep my core strong. But it doesn't really set. Pardon me, I'm gonna have another drink of coffee. Into your body until you take it out. You boy. And walk it around. That's good coffee. You know, that's how your body really learns how to incorporate this strength into the whole structure. Anyway. You also miss the sounds, I know, because. Yeah, and the sounds and the interactions. You know, I interact a lot with crows. One of the things that I always loved when you would do your audio blogs was when you would just put the the microphone down by a, a gutter that had water going down it and when I was walking the other day when it was raining I heard that sound and I was thinking of you when yeah. I was doing that so yeah so anyway it's just it's just a thing it's a it's a piece but it's a pretty <clears throat> key piece to have missing out of your life it's like temporary blindness or something. Yeah. Well. Yes. So now. So now. So it's now. A, it's a wonderful dovetail into our our song for today, yeah. which we have by the benefit of Cindy lending us this CD and also from the fact that it was one of the songs that was on the famous folk rock tape. And so I'm di- diverging a bit from the the healing songs that I've been having, although not really. I mean, yeah. healing, the, the fall is a healing time for me because of its beauty and the beauty of, of what we've been seeing really is a healing quality uh, for me. It's true. And the trees are really spectacular. And I, uh, just the trees that are along our street as you're driving down, they are spectacular this year. And I think that every year that we are constantly saying, this is the most spectacular autumn, because you kind of forget how gorgeous it is. Like we were driving last night just um, to do an errand, and there were all these trees that, there. there's this one tree that is just pure gold and it just shines and the and there are a lot of trees that have still green on the closer to the trunk and they're just a blaze with color on the yeah, and then the they tips go into and, red and then into yellow or into yellow from green into yellow into red and it's just these uh-huh. all on one tree you've got one side is green the middle part is yellow and the other side is red it's like what what's going on it's, How is this tree organizing itself, man? And I know that the a lot of people say that their favorite seasons are either autumn or spring. Right. And I think that the reason is 
that the the light is golden that the uh, in both seasons yeah. that there's lots of color in both seasons you know then spring it's more from the flowers and all the the beauty there the new green but uh for me i think that i just love those warm oranges and reds and golds that's what attracts me in uh, in our home i mean that's why our home is so beautiful in autumn because it's yellow and orange mm. and brown and yeah. all the colors of fall mm. so but this uh performer is steve ashley and uh i i have been so interested in reading more about people these days than I used to uh, before we were doing before you had music uh, on and I did not have the ability back in those days to even find out who these people were but uh, he actually was in a in one of the, the other groups that Cindy had on that tape that I love so much the Albion Country Band hmm. um, which was uh, a group with uh, ex-Fairport members and I wouldn't even know back in those days about Fairport Convention. Mm -hmm. um, But he's... uh, uh, They were basically saying that he took his inspiration from English traditional songs and they developed a songwriting style that is contemporary in content while reflecting traditional influences in his melodies, poetry and vocal delivery. And I think that the reason I really loved a lot of the folk rock tape is it had this this feeling of the the years gone by, but it had that uh that beauty of reminiscence mm-hmm. rather than what the times really would have been like in years gone by because uh, I had been reading a lot of British traditional novels, um, particularly from Thomas Harding and Hardy. Hardy, excuse me, Hardy. Thomas Hardy. And when I was reading those books, it, it they were mourning the the passage from the idyllic country life into the industrial life but they also were showing in a lot of ways that the country life was not all that idyllic that there were a lot of things that would happen that could destroy a person because of what you were talking about earlier the the whims of nature or you were dealing with animals so uh Disease this, could come through and wipe out right. your herd. And, yeah. Well, one of the books that I read, Far From the Madding Crowd, this shepherd has a, a sheepdog that uh, that goes crazy and drives all of his sheep off a cliff, and he's totally <laughs> impoverished by yeah. that. So, you know, I think the times were really tough back in those days. But... Um, I had read this book uh, that was also suggested by Cindy called Electric Eden. I, I shouldn't say I read it. I've read part of it. But I was fascinated by it because uh, what it was talking about is this group of people 
that all started to focus on uh, looking at the past rather than the future. And um, uh, this, uh, this is a little book review of this. It said, in the late 1960s, with popular culture hurtling forward on the sounds of rock music, some brave musicians looked back instead, trying to recover the lost treasures of English roots music and update them for a new age. The records of Fairport Convention, Pentangle, Steel Eyes Span, and Nick Drake are known as folk rock today, but Rob Young's epic electrifying book makes it clear that those musicians led a decades-long quest to recover English music and, with it, the ancient ardor for mysticism and paganism, for craftsmanship and communal living. And I thought it was really interesting to think about how much those musicians had influenced me, um, probably because I had some like-minded feeling about life, that, you know, that there there are things from the past that you want to bring forward. And, um, and certainly, I love traditional music. I love traditional music from other countries. I like, you know, like if I hear folk music from um, Czechoslovakia or whatever, I really love a lot of that music. I had discovered this wonderful um, group, Dreamer's Circus, also through Cindy, and they play a lot of old Scandinavian folk music, which I love too. So it's it's really interesting to explore these musicians and then realize that they had to do a lot more digging than you to to refresh these um, pieces and then also to write their own songs that are sort of based in that but anyway this is such a, a marvelous song of celebration for October My window with a merry golden beam seemed to me that the sun was really talking. Suddenly the wind blew away my morning dream. I gathered up my feet and started
There was rusty red and ginger, burgundy there was lime. The silver needles slipping from the pines. And the day being late, October. The time being spent so well. We were happy to share with the rover The tale of the heart can tell Standing empty-handed Nothing to feel my way Blind my eye. The autumn sun crash landed a couple of fields away. Set a fire blazing wide across the sky. And a day being late, October. The time. We were happy to share with the rover the tale.